It's time to get back to basics, reclaim your space, and live a simple life as much as we possibly can. Hey, my name is Louise Hopkin, and I am your host of the Inspiring Calm podcast. And I believe that we can simplify our lives, and this needs to happen by letting go of stuff. Using the clutter-free home method I created, I am helping working mums just like you create a clutter-free home that is easy to maintain so the house doesn't look like a disaster at the end of the day. If that sounds like what you need, then join me for today's episode. Welcome everybody and thank you for tuning in again for another episode of Inspiring Calm Podcast. So I'm super excited to have Juliana here um, today from Naturally Joyous. Um, Her and I have connected a few times and each time it has been a really fun and interesting conversation. So it's something I'm really passionate about um, being just over 40, (coughs) a little bit. Um, (laughs) I kind of uh, really resonate with what Juliana talks about. So Juliana, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's such a pleasure, Louise, to be here. Excellent. Cool. So what I thought would be really nice is that you actually kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and then we can get into the really great content that we've got for everybody today. How does that sound? Sounds wonderful. So yeah, so I have been in the nutrition space for approximately 11 years now. And looking back, like I've had a beautiful sort of different journey to get here. I had my years in corporate nutrition, working on food packaging and labels. And at at that time I had a huge opportunity to travel the world and talk to people in different countries about their personal needs and in all those different questions that they had as nutrition was concerned. And I saw time and time again that the problems that individuals struggle with were very similar no matter what country you were in the world. And I think that really excited me. And as my career progressed and I did my academical years, my corporate years, and then I went into full-time private practice, I really chose to dedicate my work to working with women over 40 on their journey of, you know, betterment and better health and releasing excess weight. And I really combine my incredible passion for personal development and, you know, working on our mindset with all my science background of hormone balance and nutrition and kind of package it all to help women. And it's really my mission is to help women over 40 redesign weight loss and create a whole new model of care for weight loss, which I call weight release. So I'd say that that's like the top level side of my story. (laughs) And I think that's really fantastic. And I love how you are changing the wording, like redesign, weight care and release. It's not this, um, you know, lose weight now. And, and that, and I know when I've listened to you, that's really big for you, but um, I wanted to touch quickly on, you said your science background, um, food packaging labels. Is that kind of, you need a science background to understand those, right? Like that's (laughs) a whole different subject. (laughs) I know it's true. And of course, different countries will have different regulations and so on. But I'd say the core messaging there is that, you know, the more words, and I, I think that's pretty well discussed, but the more words we can't pronounce, <laughs> there is a chance, right? That they're maybe not as close to the healthy spectrum as possible, but also, which is a little bit unfortunate, but it is something that happens in many countries in our industry. A lot of that, you know, 
kind of greening of the labels so things sound healthier than they are so I think the interesting thing that I bring to the table is that understanding the behind the scenes of a lot of label claims I can kind of cut through you know some of the <laughs> convincing marketing claims and really give people the the reality and the information so we can make really educated decisions on what we're putting in our body so it's a big topic it's something I really love as well <laughs> beautiful yeah I can imagine that's a big topic and I love the way you explain it and um, so what we're going to talk about today is um, if I say this right activator your inner motivator did I say that right yes (laughs) activating our inner motivator right yes (laughs) so tell us a bit more about that if that would be great yes absolutely and I find motivation to be one of those interesting topics and I'll, I'll say like your listeners right at the podcast if you're thinking about I have this messy closet that I want to clean up. I need motivation to do so. Or somebody that comes to me and they want motivation to be healthy. Like a lot of times it's easy to think that if we're not doing a task, we have a motivation issue, right? Um, I, I would say before COVID, people thought when it came to organizing closets that it was a time limit issue. And then we all had tons of time and then no closets got clean. So we knew time was not an issue. <laughs> so a lot of times motivation gets you know called out as the reason why and I've been talking to women like for over a decade on this topic and I really like to bring some clarity and a different perspective on this topic and show and that's what we're going to talk today how it's truly an inside issue congruency issue it's not an external motivation issue so keeping your closet full of clothes that don't fit you to motivate you and doing air quotes to fit in them at some point is not the solution right so that is sort of like how I wanted to talk about that yeah and and that's when we came to that I think it really resonates and it kind of like you said it combines with cluttering uh, decluttering right Um, it's finding that motivation and and I know you kind of speak about it too when we don't or lose that motivation, we get really tough on ourselves, right? And we get yes. guilty and we kind of get frustrated. So um, so tell us, how do we actually go about activating that motivator? Absolutely. So the first place, what I would like to start is by basically clarifying between the two types of motivation. And I'll give you like the this, this description of it. And then I'll give a specific example to make it super tangible. So you have what I call inner and outer motivation. And I want you to think of motivation as this force, right? This, you know, very strong force. So some of us have that inner force and others outer force. And we all have both depending on the circumstances. So the inner motivators are the things that are intrinsically inspiring things that you love to do that nobody needs to remind you to do. You wake up excited to do them. Okay. And Little hint here, most women do not spend their days doing those tasks. The outer motivators are the things that we don't want to do, the duties. And that's when we use words like the little red flag or the words like I have to, I need to, I should, which is a huge one, right? That happens so much out of motivators, right? So the first step is knowing the, the difference between the two. So the example I love to give, and if you have moms listening, they're probably going to relate. So say you have a uh, young boy, and maybe not so young, thinking of my husband, but a young boy. <laughs> he loves video games, right? 
a video playing video games is probably an inner motivator for that boy. They're always excited. They're all if you look around them physically, they're surrounded by games, right? If they are able to pay, buy them, or well, now it's all digital, but still. They're probably organized around in the sense that they know what the games are, they know release dates and which developer developed the game. So they have all this organization around video gaming, right? And nobody needs to remind them to do it. You don't have to tell your son, wake up, it's 10 a.m., let's go play a game. Like, I'm guaranteed, right? <laughs> oh, I can relate to that, yep. That's an inner motivator. <laughs> but if you say this for the same child, you know, get up and go do your math homework. If he's not able to correlate any benefits to video gaming by doing the math homework, chances are he's going to have to do it. He should get up and do it. He get he needs to get up and need to do it and, and, and all those things. So that is just like a, you know, outside of clutter and food example of an inner and outer motivator, right? So that's the first step. And what I tell women is like, sit down and contemplate, even just make a list of your top three or top five inner motivators. And this is not what you would love it to do. Like It's not, oh, I would love to have a clean house. Therefore, cleaning the house is my motivator. That's not true. That's a wish. It's a goal. It's what actually is true already without you having to do anything, right? So for some people, an inner motivator could be sitting down and reading novels. Like it doesn't have to be this noble you know, version of something. It just has to be the truth <laughs> of yeah. the things that inspire you and that just sets your soul on fire. And for some people, it could be something as simple as walking my pets. Like you just love doing that. It's something that fulfills you. Like it doesn't have to be something that pays the bills. You know what I'm saying? Like it just has to be the truth. Top three, top five best, but if not top three. So you have clarity. What is the inner and then everything else that you have to, that you should, you write it on the outer list. So potentially healthy eating is on the outer list. For a lot of people, cleaning their closet is on the outer list, right? Yeah. And that's fine. You know, this is not about judging. It's not about feeling guilty. It's just about the truth. Because yeah. once we have that information, then we can really uh, go into the process of activating that motivation. Oh my goodness. Like that is like, the aha moment right there, right? Like, and I think the beauty of that is another thing where you and I really align is it's the truth. And, you know, we spend so much of our life covering it up, I feel. Yeah. We just don't want to admit like, you know, something that um, we don't like doing, we think we should. And that's something yeah. I talk about a lot too, is we should, that's a huge one. Um, and so, and something else that you, I loved it. So it's like you said, sets your soul on fire. I love that kind of colorful language. And I think it, um, we don't do enough of that, right? We don't. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's beautiful. Um, and so what do you do next when you, so you've got the two yes. lists. And mm -hmm. then how do you keep that going more? <laughs> Absolutely. So when you have the two lists, what I like to say is that pick, pick a top three. And what I call the language I use for that is that I call that your inner priorities. The things that nobody needs to remind you to do, you're organized and you naturally do. And like I said, most people don't spend a lot of time on that. But in a, say, ideal world, if you could do only what you love to do, those are the things you would choose to do. Okay, so that's your inner priorities. The next step for that, and I think this is where the maintenance piece kind of takes place, is that I tell people, okay, now when you know, 
we need to identify where are your goal conflicts. So if, if you want to have a clean house on your one side, but you rather spend time traveling for family on the other side, and they both, you know, take the same time and space in your life, you have to pick one or the other. If you pick the house, you may resent and feel. Uh, so basically the next step that I say, so now that you have those inner priorities defined in top three, top five, the next stage is let's find where your goal conflicts are. So let's just say that in one hand, you want to have a clean house. Let's just keep in the closet example going, have a clean closet. But on the other hand, you want to go outside and spend this beautiful day with your kids or with your, you know, uh, special ones doing something fun outside of the house. So you can't be at both places at once, right? Obviously. So it's either you stay and you do the closet and you resent it and you feel exhausted and next time you're probably not going to do it or you go out and you're guilty because the closet is not being done, right? And so many women find themselves as in this guilty struggle thing. Or we start making excuses why we went out and didn't do the closet. So I say anytime we have excusitis, which is a made up word <laughs> that basically a lot of us know exactly what it means. It's usually because we have an unaddressed goal conflict. So how do you solve a goal conflict? And I think that is really, I would say like the, the money question. And to solve a goal conflict, there's three ways that you can do that. The first way is changing the goal. Close the door, say, I would never open this closet door again. Not what I recommend, but you could, right? So I think the important thing here for women to understand is that no matter what area in life you're trying to improve upon, we always have the choice to just walk away, right? Like if it is something that other people think you should do, but it's not important to you, you may recognize that and decide not to do it, right? So that is one option. But for a lot of things in that, in life, we actually still technically have to do them. So the solution for those would be options two and three. And option two is delegate. So this is when something like, for example, bringing new lilies into uh, their lives to either help clean their closet or teach them how to and all the different options you have so that you're delegating it to an expert that has high priorities on the thing that you don't, right? That's the beauty of life. And that's the beauty of fair exchange. So everybody's doing what's most knowledgeable to them. So you come home and you're out of your family You come home, the closet is clean, you delegate it, right? And that for women just removes so much pressure. And I say, get creative because say, if you're thinking about cooking healthy meals, maybe there's a family member that has free time that, or a neighbor that could cook for you for a nominal fee. And then you bring the ingredients, they cook, they, you know, we pick up your meals and you heat them up. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You're either in the kitchen for three hours a day or everybody eats McDonald's every day, right? Like, you know, there is ways to be creative with the delegation process. So I help some clients actually find out of the box ways to delegate tasks that they now identify as a goal conflict, not inspiring to them. And the last piece of it, and this is something a little bit more advanced that I actually help clients in my work is what we call linking. And linking is essentially getting our brains to understand that by temporarily doing that thing we don't want to do, it is actually fulfilling our highest, most important priorities. And once we're able to do that brain connection, so your brain can see, it no longer drains your energy. It no longer feels like a chore. It becomes a choice. So I help women in my work decide and make a choice 
of how to eat and how to take care of their bodies that's no longer taken away from their families, taken away. It becomes that we reprioritize health, if that makes sense, through this linking process. So that is the next step for me is you clear the priorities, address, discover the goal conflicts, and you either get rid of the goal, you delegate it, or we link it. That is beautiful. Like, and, and I'm just sitting here going, oh my gosh, like that again is eye-opening because as moms and as women, we like, we again should be doing it all. We should know how to do it. We and delegating. I, you know, even now I'm kind of thinking some of our listeners are probably going, delegate? I can't do that. I'm supposed to do it all, right? Like, yes. but it's such a beautiful way of doing it because we have these resources now. And I've never thought of getting someone to do the cooking for you. Like that's such right? a cool way of doing it. Exactly. It doesn't have to be something completely crazy. It could just be something you never thought about, right? Like that it's actually doable, but you know, and I look back and probably I was born and raised in Brazil and culturally there's some differences there in terms of how the household is, you know, the workload is split, right? So I think I use some of that now almost like, unconsciously <laughs> in terms of how I see this. So I'll give a quick example of that. So back home, it is very common, even in the way the houses are built, that there is a whole sort of like living quarters by the kitchen area where we all have somebody that works in our homes Monday through Friday. So they usually, you know, are paid monthly to be there. They're there five days a week. They slip, sleep in the house. They have their own bedroom, bathroom area, and they go home Friday nights and back Monday mornings, right? So, you know, very common in the culture I was born and raised. And essentially what she does, all the cleaning, all the cooking and laundry. So it is a way that in a way we're delegating the chores in the house. And she's basically part of the family, right? Because a lot of us, like the one that worked in our house, she was there, I don't know, 11 years, like, you know, her baby was our like sibling, <laughs> just like, you know, just become family because we see each other every day, the entire day uh, for all those meals and things. But it is a way that we were able to delegate the house sort of duties so that all the women in my family had very busy careers, but they were able to raise the kids because, you know, they're spending time raising the children, but not cooking and cleaning. Right. So this is just a, a specific example in Brazil, how like I, I was raised. But of course, you know, we're in Canada, both of us and maybe a little bit different here, but there's nothing wrong if your high value is on, uh, say, family then you can delegate aspects of your business, right? If your high value is on business, then you can delegate aspects of your household. And, you know, you delegate what is not most important to you. But if you adore time with your children, don't delegate that out. Delegate the things you don't like, right? So that you're fulfilling yourself by doing as much as possible only the things you love to do and everything else you delegate. So you're the best version of you, the most energized, the most you know, inspire version of you. And that is really the goal. Yes. Yeah. And that's um, the word I was thinking of when you said their uh, choice, right? We do have that choice to do that. Um, and yet, you know, sometimes some of us don't have the resources or the funds maybe to, to delegate it out, yeah. but they can do the step one, right? We can change the goal and we can learn. There's, you know, a lot of online learning and stuff too that can help you guide you as well. But I think having a choice is sometimes as women, we feel like it's taken away as soon as 
we have kids or something you know I don't know yeah. if that's, maybe that's and even <laughs> like possibly even just for like food for thought but there could be like another mom or a family member that you can do something of value to them that you can do a service exchange and you don't have to exchange money necessarily right so I don't know, you can be the one picking up their children every day after school, dropping them off, and then she's doing the cooking for you and you just offer her the groceries or whatever that looks like. But if you have, like we all have networks, right? And there's a lot of wealth in network that has no necessarily any money exchange. So that would also be part of the creativity of the delegation process. Oh my gosh, that's, yeah, that's beautiful. So really it is um, accessible to everybody, right? Um, that is hugely invaluable. I love that what you've shared and the linking that, like you said, I think that's kind of another level, but that is a really interesting one. So is that something you help your clients with as well? Or? Yeah, absolutely. And it's very specifically because I known this for a long time that the majority of the things that women are told to do when it comes to weight laws are all out of priorities, right? And they are, you know, like, cooking extra meals and nobody necessarily is eating with you and, you know, extra grocery shopping and washing dishes. Like there's lots, and this is just like, maybe, you know, kind of like extreme cases, but there's lots of things that we may be asked to do as you're changing lifestyle and stuff that is not going to be in our intrinsic set of values. Right. So my intention for everything I do and teach women is to teach you tools you can use for the rest of your life that becomes just part of your new lifestyle, as opposed to something you do for 12 weeks because you have me there as your outer motivator. And then the moment that you complete whatever it is we did, then it all goes back to square one, right? So that is why I knew that to get the sustainability, and I know it's also something important for your work, right? Is a sustainability in terms of maintaining results after they get whatever transformation they want in their houses and, and closets and so on. It is really being able to remove those goal, goal conflicts permanently. Because if they still don't want to eat healthy after the 12 weeks, they're going to go back to their old ways. The moment that they're tired or there's something stressful, right? So it is very important. Linking becomes that almost like the third option, but it's the most used option. Because if we can't delegate and we don't want to change the goal because we still want whatever, in this case, weight release, linking is the way to really allow our brains to be on our side as opposed to constantly fighting our minds. So this is what I need to do, but this is what your brain is telling you to do. So, yeah. Yes. And, and I think that, um, cause listening to that, it was linking is setting them up for a lifetime success. Really. Um, like yeah. you said, it's not because a lot of us do, we get motivated and we do those, you know, inspirational things for eight weeks. And then it's like, Oh, what do I do now? It's then it's, um, and I think I, I was listening to your masterclass. We will talk about that a bit, but um, you did mention, um, you know, and then things drop off, right? Because then we'll start making, I'll just have that little ice cream and, or I'll just start having that bag yeah. of chips and things like that. So I thought we start slipping, right? But then if we have an understanding, it sticks with us. Yeah, exactly. It's an understanding and also getting to that place that even on a subconscious level, you're not fighting yourself, right? Because I think a lot of times, like most people are taught half of the process, which is, okay, decide what you want to change so that most people can, right? Because it's like, I want this, I want this, I want that. But in terms of actually making it happen, it's like, okay, now decide and do it. 
but it's not that simple, right? Because a lot of times you're probably dealing with 30, 40, 50 years of habits that are completely opposite to that. And some of those habits are fulfilling a purpose, you know, even believe it or not, like when you sit on the couch late at night and you eat a bag of potato chips, it is fulfilling a job that your brain perceives to be most beneficial than sticking to the diet. Because at that moment in time, there's an emotional gap you're trying to fill or there's an emotion you're trying to avoid so that food is actually performing a job so I show women how to uncover what is the job so you know and then we do the linking so that you have a different set of tools instead of going for the foods and stuff to neutralize your emotions actively so that you don't have to just maybe more mindlessly you know try to feel better a little bit every day, refilling yourself with foods and drinks, right? So it's very much like taking, it is mindset, but it's the science of it, if that makes sense, of how our brains work and how we make choices. And I help women make better choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think, like you said, it's the discovering um, how it, or what the reason is, is really huge, isn't it? Because that's where we, yeah. if we go to reach for something and then perhaps we're feeling a little, uh, emotional or something. And, but if you are telling us this is why you're doing it, then that's when we have that conversation, right. And go, Oh no, this is, I need to switch this. I'm not saying it very scientifically, but <laughs> no, no, but that's exactly it. Cause right. now you have the awareness of why you're making the choice. Now you can choose. Okay. Now I know this is why I'm doing this. So do I want to continue to, which leads to these consequences or do I want to do this instead, which leads to whatever I want, right? And it becomes a conscious choice. And I think before we get to that point, there's a lot of unconscious decisions that we make. And I, I the way I call this whole mindset work is like untangling some of those emotions, you know, so that you're more clear about why you're making the choices you're making. And a lot of those things we know it's when we are exhausted and tired or a lot of emotional stress and that when things derail. Uh, so that is really what I'm most excited about is giving you tools. So when it gets to it, so as you know, like I'm in the middle of like a grieving process, I lost my grandfather that has been one of the biggest, most inspirational, you know, humans in my life, including my work. And I say this very honestly, I not once I wanted to go eat ice cream you know what I mean and it wasn't because oh my gosh I did all this way it's not it's because I don't use food as my food specifically or sweets as my coping mechanism right I, I do my other processes <laughs> which is do a lot of work and it's not pretty always <laughs> believe me you know it's real and it's honest but it doesn't have to be food anymore right uh, and I think that is very empowering to have other tools um, that you can use that are not going to compromise your health on that sense Yes. And, and uh, sorry to hear about your loss. That's, um, yeah, thank and thank you. you for joining us for that. And, and coping mechanisms is huge. Cause while you were saying that I was, you know, thinking of my own experience, cause as I said, I'm over 40 and I've been, I've never been on diets. Um, but I noticed a huge difference when I turned 40, it was yes. like, what the heck happened? And, and people were warning <laughs> me and my mom was like, wait till you turn 40. And I'm like, whatever, it's never going to happen to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, yes, it did. Um, but when I am very emotionally upset, um, I will go for a glass of wine. Um, and I notice now, you know, if I'm feeling great, it's like, I don't switch to that, like you just mentioned. So I think that's pretty amazing. What you do and offer is a huge, amazing um, service for women. And I think it's going to be um, 
really valuable to learn and understand why. And so I know we were talking about, I thank you for all that great. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's been super exciting. As you can tell, I'm like, oh, I need (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to learn more. Um, (laughs) But we are going to talk. So you have a masterclass. I know that you are going to share with us. So do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes, absolutely. And the masterclass, like I really, the whole quickly, like behind the scenes of how it came about is that. I really wanted to tell women what is actually exactly what I just said. What is going on when we hit bodies? And the information is actually not there. And I've always loved this, you know, age. I I think it's such a beautiful, you know, midlife in general. It's such a beautiful time in a woman's life. And there's not enough out there uplifting women at that phase. You know, Uh, we hear, like you said, everybody's telling all the bad news, right? And a lot of it, technically it's true that our hormones are going to change and all those things, but there's not enough people doing the other side. And I really wanted to do both. I wanted to bring awareness. So you understand what is actually happening, right? When we turn forties and that is really the core of the science of my work, but also what can you do about it? And I think that is really where, you know, this masterclass, that's something I'm very pleased to share with your audience comes into place. And it is very specifically for people that are, you know, unhappy with their bodies in the sense that they feel either they're not in alignment, you know, that they're using food and and drinks and things to cope with their emotions. But also, and I hear this from women all the time, they feel their inside does not match the outside. You know, they're feeling empowered and they you know love life and they just not putting themselves out there as much because they're just maybe a little self-conscious or you know they're just feeling my gosh my body now is no longer matching how I want to feel what I want to do inside of me so it's really just sort of bring awareness and get back in control of your weight because once you know what's happening it is so much easier to make choices right and I think that is what I really bring to the table I tell people why uh, things are happening in a fun and very visual <laughs> colorful way, which is my personality. <laughs> Everything I do is illustration. <laughs> I know we were talking about that just before, actually, and I was watching, I've watched your masterclass and it is super fun. And um, we were talking about, I don't want to give too much away, but the analogies were hilarious. And um, I think you even mentioned the word poop on there. And it was like, what? Did yeah. you just say that? That's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it comes up all the time. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's cute. So a really, really informative, but super fun um, masterclass. So um, what's the name of the masterclass, actually? Yes. So it's called How to Get Back in Control of Your Weight After 40. And specifically what we go through, I start by shifting three core beliefs that I really feel are really holding women back. And that comes from the standpoint that what we've done in our 20s and 30s as wage laws is concerned, rarely if ever applies in our 40s and beyond. So if you're restricting calories like crazy or you're working out a bad diet, all those things, like it just doesn't work anymore. So I really help women see why and and shift that. We also go over, because I know this is important, what are the three main hormones to master in midlife, right? And it's not what most people think, but also because my work is helping women master those hormones. So I tell you what they are. And at the end, we really close with like the real strategy. So you can see in your mind how your emotions 
your hormones and your food can play together to really give you the results that you're looking for. So that's what the, this masterclass is about is giving you that whole perspective. And I know that, you know, you're either a very busy mom or a high performing career woman or both. Right. So I really wanted to make sure that this is very valuable for your time. It's value packed yeah. uh, and we really will make it worth your while and give you lots of aha moments to go home with. Yeah. Yes, I totally agree. And like I said, I was still laughing, I think at the end of it, <laughs> but, um, but <laughs> there was a lot of my aha moments and um, because I know you talk about, and just quickly, the holistic way, the belly fat um, buster, yes. which I think is huge for a woman, like that's yeah. the main area, right? So, and I think the word holistic for me, I always love hearing that because it means that's something I'm aligned with too. So, and I know yeah. you talk about that quite a bit too. Is that right? And yes, that's correct. Yeah. So for those that attend the masterclass, I show them how to get a complimentary copy of the holistic belly buster e-guide. Uh, so that's definitely something that um, we cover in the training. And really the concept there is that, and I say this often to women, the belly fat is not a belly problem. It's a metabolism one. <laughs> so holistic in the sense that it is the whole body here that we actually have to, you know, get back in alignment because aside from surgery, which I'm not at all endorsing, there's no way even at the gym to get rid of belly fat by just focusing on belly fat. And it's one of the most stubborn types of fat. Uh, so a big part of what I do is really telling women how to make friends with fat again, because fat is not the enemy here. So we kind of shift that perspective and then use holistic strategies to allow the body to release what is ready for it to release. For example, if we are in a deep healing journey, weight loss is likely not going to be the priority, right? If we are incredibly depleted and your body's holding on to calories for dear life, weight loss is probably not going to be a priority. So it's really getting a body to the place that release is ready to take place. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. I know my listeners are going to be super excited and they are going to want to sign up for that masterclass because as we said super informative you give us a lot of information and fun at the same time which is cool so um i will put the link in the show notes for everybody but yeah. um, tell us how they can get hold of you as well juliana that would be awesome absolutely so the masterclass all they have to do is go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash reclaim and that would take them to the page, they would register, and then they'll get access to the class. Uh, and the best place to find me online is probably on Instagram. So that is at naturally.joyous. And then from there, usually everything that's going on is going to be posted there. So that's the best place. So they can also send me a DM on Instagram if they want to connect any further. But the masterclass is probably the best next step so that they can really go deeper and really, you know, see how everything is possible for them. I think one of the major, just add one more quick thing here. I'm a real talker. But one of the things I know for most women, especially if they've been on a weight loss journey for a while when they try many things is that that little voice in their heads that says why would it be different I don't think I can do this right and I say this with complete confidence that once we get emotions hormones and food dialed in and you understanding what is happening it is possible for everybody and it's really the masterclass I hope will really bring that feeling that yes you can do this 
you may just need tools that are appropriate for your phase in life, right? So that is really the intention behind that is to really show you that, yes, you can do this. Yes. Thank you for that. And I totally agree with that because um, that's what I got a lot of out of that, out of your masterclass as well. And um, I think it's been really mind-changing for me. It's like, okay, I need to uh, change a lot of the way perspectives, right? So I think that's huge. So little shifts, little sh- yes, little shifts. shifts, right? Exactly what I teach too. We don't want to do too big because then it won't, you won't not always succeed, right? When it's too much for us. To exactly. So, yes. Yeah. See, that's why we're very aligned. I love that. <laughs> um, okay. Again, fantastic. Thank you so much for being here, Juliana. Um, really loved chatting with you. And I think your information is phenomenal. And I know people are going to love your masterclass. Is there one last thing? I know you said you're a talker. Is there one last thing you want to leave us with? Or <laughs> I'll leave you with my I'll say the most important realization that I've made in my life, and it's about your body, but it can apply that to other areas of life. But uh, we all have an inner inner perfection that it's untouchable, unchanged. Nobody can touch that. And your body always have your back. And even if like myself, you, you know, were born with health issues and have a laundry list of them, your body's always doing the best it can. So it's only a matter of that little shift so that you can actually go with your body and be its best friend rather than being fighting it but the in, internal intelligence and perfection is inside all of us is our birthright and I help women uncover that and realize that so I just wanted to leave that last little bit in there Beautiful. in case it's helpful yeah yes no I think that is super that's amazing so again thank you and again um, everybody if you want to jump into the show notes. That's how you can get hold of Juliana, how you can get into her masterclass. And thanks again for listening, everybody. And take care. So that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in on today's podcast. I really appreciate your time and being part of our movement where we are looking to change our lives so we can lead a more simple life, reconnect with our friends, family, and of course ourselves. If you need or want to have more support from like-minded folks and myself, head to our free private Facebook group, Who Loves to Organize? This is a safe place to share your thoughts, struggles with getting back to basics, whether that be resistance from family members or just needing to know where to begin. Louise Hopkins signing up for today and can't wait to share more thoughts, ideas and strategies on how to reclaim your space.